Well, I want to give you the, the title of my message today, and then I'm going to need to explain it to you. Uh, and I may get in trouble when I explain it to you, but uh, I've been in trouble before, and so I'm willing to take that risk. Uh, today, the title of the message, I'm going to share a few thoughts with you, is called Keeping Up With Mom. Keeping Up With Mom. And Keeping Up With Mom is not intended for children or husbands, it's intended for mom. And let me explain what I mean by that. My wife has a tendency to lose things. Um, I think she gets it honest, but we'll leave that alone. (laughs) One thing in particular that she loses a lot would be the keys to her vehicle. And so I came up with a system some years ago by which inside of our garage, I hung a hook on the cabinet that is right beside the door when you come in so that her keys now have a home. This makes sense to some of you men. If the keys are at home, then when you get ready to leave, you go to the keys home and you grab the keys and you never have to look for them because right when you walk through the door, you hang the keys up, right? Makes sense. But somehow the keys tend to make it sometimes into the bedroom on a dresser or they make them all the way into the kitchen on a counter. And I have this thing that I do to my wife where I pick up the keys and I say, hey, babe, I'm going to take these keys and I'm going to put them over here on this hook that's right inside the garage door so that when you get ready to leave, you'll know exactly where they are. And by doing so, I've started a war because now she says to me, Hey, honey, this cup that you left in the sink, I'm going to put it two feet over in the dishwasher where it belongs. And so I've invited some pain into my life, and it goes on and on. And my list of things is much longer than hers. But here's what I believe sometimes about moms. is Sometimes moms get so involved in being moms that they can forget the most important things about being a mom. They get so wrapped up, so engrossed in everyday life. And listen, the life of a mom is a busy life. The life of a mom uh, is a draining life. The life of a mom takes a lot out. And sometimes it leaves moms in a position where they can forget the most important things about being moms. Now, I'm gearing this toward moms because it's Mother's Day. But men, if you're a father or children, um, you can learn from this too. It applies across the board. Uh, But I was specifically wanted to give you five statements today that if you as moms or men as dads or children, as you become adults or you can learn something about your parents, five things that I think are of critical importance, five statements, uh, they're not fancy, I made them up so they're not going to blow you away, but hopefully they'll help us today leave remembering the most important things about being a parent and specifically about being a mom. Here's the first statement. Your children are a gift from God. Your children are a gift from God, not to God. Your children, your child is a gift from God. It's not a child. Your children aren't intended to be to God. Let me focus on the first part of that for just a second. Psalm chapter 127, verse number 3. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. The psalmist says, if you have children, they're a gift from God. In other words, God entrusted them into your care. I know that we feel like we created children if we have children, and we played an important role in the process, but God created all of us. And before we even knew our kids, God was knitting them together in the mother's womb. 
And he had a specific design for each child. He had a specific plan for each child. And that child being entrusted to that mom is a gift. Now, children don't always feel like a gift. And they go through seasons and they go through events and they go through days where they sometimes feel as if they're a curse rather than a reward. But the truth that we have to remember is that if we have kids, they are a blessing from the Lord. They're a gift God saw fit for us to be entrusted with their care. Now, I say that children are a gift from God, not to God, because I think a lot of us put pressure on ourselves to raise perfect kids. And we want to do such great jobs as moms and even as dads that the children that we cultivate, the children that we raise, the children that we train up, our goal for them is to be absolutely perfect as if God would look down at us and be impressed by our parenting skills. And the only problem with this mentality is when our kids turn out not to be perfect, which is the case for all of our kids, we carry the weight of that, don't we? Don't we sometimes feel like failures because our kids haven't turned out perfect or because they did something that didn't make you proud? Or they made decisions that you feel like you could have influenced in a better way or a different way. And you could have been more involved in your child's life. And as moms, I think that there is a tendency for women to carry this burden when it comes to their kids that can drain the joy out of being a mom. Can cause you to see only the negative in kids instead of the positive impact that you're having on your kids. And I just want to, I just want to, kind of break a myth that you may be holding on to in your mind: is your kids will never be perfect. Your children, no matter how much time you spend with them, no matter how much energy you invest into them, no much, how, no matter how much training that you instill in them, your children will make mistakes. And there will be times in your life where you will feel disappointed in your child and you'll also feel disappointed in yourself for the decisions that your children have made. Your goal is not to raise perfect kids. Your goal is to receive your kids as a gift from God. Now we're going to talk about in just a moment the responsibility that we have that's entrusted to us. See, I believe that children can be compared somewhat to money, not just because they cost a lot of it, but because money, if you're familiar with Scripture, money is mentioned a lot in Scripture. And the Bible says in Psalms that God owns everything, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And everything that we accumulate in this world, though we work hard for it and we may earn it, it's a gift from God. We're simply managers of the money that God's entrusted to us. And I believe in the same way, we're managers of the children that God's placed in our lives. And we are to lead them well, we are to guide them well, we're to train them as best we can, and we're to pour into them. Obviously, we all have room for improvement as a parent, but I just wanted you to leave today knowing that your children, they're a gift from God. Your children are not intended to be a gift to God, meaning you can't create the perfect gift for God. And sometimes it's important for you just to step back, even in the messes 
of life, even in the poor decisions of your children, and just realize I've received a blessing by having these children in my life and not take that for granted. Here's the second statement. You aren't competing for mother of the year. You are not, if you're a mom, competing for mother of a year. Meaning the standard by which you mother your children is not in comparison to all the other mothers that you know. And that your job, your role as a mother isn't to be better than the other mothers in your family, at your place of work, in your church, at the ball fields. Your goal is not to be recognized as the best mom ever. Now it's a great ambition, but if it's our driving force as parents, as fathers, as mothers, then it will lead us to putting unrealistic pressure on ourselves to parent in such a way that may not be in our strengths. Let me read a scripture to you. This is Proverbs chapter number 22, verse number 6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Our motivation as parents should be to train our children in the way they should go. But have you ever noticed that you felt pressured as a parent to train your child in a way that makes them or you look a certain way in comparison to other people you parent? I think that there's this social media dilemma that us parents have to face the reality on at times. You ever like look through a news feed and you're like, man, they just have everything together. I mean, their kids have the best of the best. They're so proud. Look at all the accomplishments that their kids make. You ever just ask yourself, I mean, like, what am I doing wrong? How is it that my kids aren't turning out as good as their kids? You ever felt the pressure that when your kid steps onto the ball field that they have the nicest cleats, they have the nicest glove, they have the nicest bat on the field? You ever felt that pressure? It doesn't come from a proper motivation to train your child up in the way he or she should go. It comes from a comparison trap by which we compare our parenting to other parents. And we allow them to get outside of our strengths and outside of our parenting zone and start competing for mother of the year. You'll never stand before God and receive a trophy that has a plaque on the front that says you were the mother of the year. But you will stand before God and hold account for the influence that you had on your children. And so this morning, I want to set some of us free from this trap, this comparison mentality that might lead us to parent our children in such a way that make us look better and instead parent our children in such a way that makes them live better. And if we can commit to doing that, to kind of blocking out all of the comparisons and stop allowing our minds to wonder to, if I just made as much money as them, my kids would have a better life. If I just had a better opportunity, my kids would have a better life. And start looking at your kids for who they are and realizing that God has given you these kids and you have the opportunity to invest in their life. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, 
for this is right. I've taught both of my sons this. I've got a six-year-old son and a three-year-old son. And when my children disobey, when my children make bad decisions, before their punishment, before their discipline, I always help them recite this verse. And remember that their job is to be obedient. Verse number two says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Do you want your kids to enjoy a long life on the earth? Then we've got to teach them to be obedient. But you know what we never really think of? The commands that they're obeying, the instructions that they're obeying. Are we teaching them to obey things that trains them up in a godly way? Are we making sure that the instructions that we're giving to our kids is leading them to a place by which they can be most successful and realize their purpose in God? Or are we sometimes giving them instructions that will lead to a place that makes us feel a certain way in comparison to other parents in our lives? Please be free this morning and realize that there is no mother of the year competition in heaven. And God isn't up there cheering you on, thinking this could be the year that you get everything right. But take advantage of every moment that you have with your kids to train them in godliness and prepare them for the purposes God has for them. Here's number three. Your children are their mother's children. Your children are their father's children. There is a direct reflection of you in your kids. Like it or not, your children take their cues predominantly from you, especially at a young age. You are the most influential individual authority figure in your child's life, especially when they're at a young age. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7 says, the godly walk with integrity, and blessed are their children who follow them. Not only are children a blessing from God, and not only do we not have to compete for Mother of the Year, but we have an opportunity to lead our children, and the greatest method by which we lead our children is by example. It's realizing that little eyes are watching us, and little ears are listening to us. And our kids, our sons, our daughters, they see what we do. They see how we act. They see what we say. They see what we watch. They see how we invest our time and our money. And the opportunities that we have to influence our kids aren't simply philosophical. They're not simply knowledge-based, but they're predominantly driven by experience and the example that we set for others. I love 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. It's one of my life verses where the Apostle Paul says to the church at Corinth, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And if we will simply focus our lives as mothers, as fathers, on being the greatest follower of Christ that we can be, without even being overly intentional, we will be leading our children to becoming greater followers of Jesus. The do as I say and not as I do mentality only goes so far with our kids. They see through it. But if we'll be intentional about following Jesus and living lives of integrity with godliness, then we will, by nature, lead our children and train our children to be who they need to be. 
Don't feel so much pressure to have all the right answers for your kids. Don't feel so much pressure to be able to teach your things and use words to explain things perfectly to your kids to give them success, but rather simply live your life in such a way that you want them to follow you. And if you can live a life of integrity that invites your own kids to follow you, then you're in a really good place as a mom, as a dad, as a parent. Here's number four. These are the days, not those. These are the days, not those. It's been over six years now that I have been involved on some level in changing diapers and putting car seats in cars and buckling kids in and getting together things because we're going somewhere. And I oftentimes find myself saying, I can't wait for those days when I don't have to put a car seat in, when I don't have to strap a child in, when I don't have to change a diaper, when bottles are gone forever. I mean, right, we're going to have a burning party. We're just going to burn all that stuff because I can't wait for the day where I can just say to my children who are responsible enough to live on their own, come on, guys, we're going somewhere. And it just happens naturally. And if they forget something, I get to say, oh, well, you should have thought about that. <laughs> My parents did that to me a lot. But those days, if that's what I'm longing for, cause me to miss these days. And there will come a day where I'll look back at these days and I will say when I'm in those days, man, those were the days I remember when little Hallie was so innocent. I remember when Landon was so creative. I remember when Cohen knocked all of his teeth out. <laughs> I will remember in those days, these days, as if they were those days. And it's easy for me to take for granted the moments that we live in as if they're unimportant, as if something better is around the corner. But these are the days. This moment, today, when you leave this church and you have your kids, you have an opportunity to live life in such a way that there is joy. Don't take it for granted. Don't let it slide by. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, the Apostle Paul says to the church at Ephesus, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. You got to make the most of every opportunity, mom. You got to make the most of every opportunity, dad, because these days will become those days. And you don't want to look back on those days and say, when they were these days, I wish I would have taken better advantage of those opportunities. I could have invested that time a little more wisely. Live in the moment, live in the now. Look at your children in the eyes and say, I will never get this day back. And we're going to make the most of it today. And when you're out of energy and when you're frustrated, it allows you to see through that and just say, it doesn't matter. This is an important moment in the life of my child. It's an important moment in my life. These are the days, and I will make the most of them. And lastly, the last statement that I want to make is, your love is who-based, not woo-based. You ever get wooed 
when you were growing up, someone was wanting to capture your love and they flattered you and they told you the things that you needed to hear and they gave you the gifts that you wanted. They did everything they could to earn your love. When you become a parent, those days are over. You don't have a woo-based love. You have a who-based love. That is your child and you love them. They are a gift from God. It doesn't matter how they act. It doesn't matter how disappointed you may be in them. It doesn't matter how badly they make mistakes. And it doesn't matter how proud they make you either. Your love is unconditional. It does not change based on their performance, their activities, their accomplishments, or their failures. You have an unconditional love. And here's the scripture that I want to end with. It's 1 John chapter 3. Verse 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. How incredible that we can be called children of God only because God lavished his love on us lavished his love on us to the, degree, to the degree that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were lost in our trespasses and sins, God loved us enough to send his son Jesus to the earth. It wasn't based on anything we earned or deserved. It wasn't based on any performance, and it wasn't based on any opinion. It was based on the fact that his love for us is unconditional, and he sees us as children of God. Do your kids know that you love them no matter what? If they don't, you have an opportunity to make sure they do. Sometimes we allow life to go by without saying the words that we assume are received. But it's important for your sons, it's important for your daughters to hear the words, I love you when they make mistakes. It's important for your sons, it's important for your daughters to hear the words, I love you, when they accomplish the greatest accomplishments of their life. It's important for them to know that the standard of your relationship is an unfailing, unwavering, unconditional love that is not based on opinion or performance, but it's based on a relationship. When you chose to have kids or when you didn't choose to have kids, but you had kids, in that moment, you became a mother, you became a father, that relationship necessitates love. That child needs love from you. One of the greatest injustices in our world today is children who grow up without love in their life. Because love makes the world go round. You can have no money, you can have no home, you can have no clothes, but if you got love, you got life. You got hope if you got love. And what your kids need from you, moms, dads, is to know that even if they strike out, even if they fail the class, even if they have a wreck, even if they break whatever it is that you love in this life, that you still love them. I remember when I was in college and my dad had a Corvette. 
And I had a truck, and he was doing some work on the house, and he needed to borrow my truck. And he said to me, son, I'll let you drive my Corvette if you let me drive your truck. I said, I'll take that deal. And I went to college, and his last words to me were, son, be careful in my car. Do not play. Do not wreck my car. My dad loved his Corvette. I got back to campus, and I said, who wants to go for a ride? And we had some fun until the last ride that I offered. As I came down the hill and banked around the turn, there was some gravel in the road. And when I hit that gravel, that Corvette just kind of spun off the road up into some brush. And when it stopped, the engine went dead on its own, and I thought, I am a dead man. And my buddy John said, oh, dude. It wasn't good. Now, I may have taken it to a body shop and gotten it buffed before I called my dad to tell him that I had the wreck just to make sure what the damage was. But I knew one thing. I knew that my dad was going to be disappointed. Not because his car was scratched. Not because there was a crack in the fender. But because I had disobeyed him. I didn't follow his orders. But you know what I never questioned for a moment? Is that my dad would still love me. You know what my dad said when I called him? Short and sweet. Son, are you okay? Yes, sir. I'll see you when you get home. Yes, sir. He didn't want to talk about it, but he wanted me to know that he still loved me. And it helped that I'd gotten it buffed before he saw it. I'll say that. It's <laughs> a little wisdom on my part. But I didn't really drive that Corvette anymore after that, but I knew that my dad loved me no matter what. I could never disappoint my dad enough that he would stop loving me. And I've committed that I will be the same dad to my kids. And as a mom, as a dad, your love is who-based. That's your child, and you love them unconditionally. And you tell them, and you show them. They hear it, and they see it. And when that happens, we raise kids that not only become successful in life, but that allow us to reap the benefits of parenting. That it truly is a gift from God to be a parent. It's a blessing from the Lord. So what I want to do as we close this morning is I want to say a prayer specifically over our moms. And I know I've already pointed you out once and asked you to stand, but if you don't mind me praying for you specifically, if you're a mom today, would you just stand and let me pray over you. Father, you see these mothers in the room and you see the dads and you see the kids as well, but I pray specifically on this Mother's Day for every mom that is standing in this room, every mom that's hearing my voice on the website or a podcast, that Father, right now in this moment, you would help them to keep a proper perspective, to keep up with mom, not keep up with the Joneses, not keep up with the unrealistic posts that we see day in and day out, but to keep up with our roles as moms. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a peace that passes all understanding. I pray that you would give them a strength to endure hard seasons and times. I pray that you would give them a joy to experience the great gift and blessing that is motherhood and parenting. I pray that you would give them a steadfastness and a faithfulness to support their kids through 
any decisions they make, good, bad, or indifferent. I pray most of all, Father, that some of the most influential jobs in our world today are represented by mothers, that you would allow us to leverage the role of mother for the sake of the next generation and the generation to follow and the generation to follow. Help us to not live with the weight of having to compete with others and comparing ourselves to other moms. Help us to take advantage of the moments that we live in. Help us to cherish children as the gifts from God that they are. And help us, Lord Jesus, to live lives that are an example to the children who follow us. Bless the moms. Bless their children. Bless their families. I pray that everything that they set their hands to do would be blessed. And as a mom, they would experience the greatest joy they've ever experienced as they focus their energy and efforts on being who you've called them to be as moms. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.